episodes of the Owl House season two. I do episode discussions, movie, TV, anime, cartoon reviews, and news uh, show every Monday through Friday. You can find all of that on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all your favorite podcast services. Make sure to share, share with all your friends. You can follow me at Quinn underscore duck dick on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Some future uh, stuff I've had, like, it's been, as I've said, the past couple weeks have been a little, little lot, but we're getting some future review. There will be some reviews, there will be some episode discussions of Barry, we'll do a full series review of Atlanta, uh, I'll talk about the spring anime I've been enjoying, and more. With all that out of the way, let's get into it. We got a lot of Owl House episodes discussed because man, it's been crazy. Uh, speaking of other Disney shows, though, if uh, you are interested, I did discuss the last episode of Amphibia, uh, so definitely go check that out. That was that was a lot of emotions. Uh, when so when you finish the show, go, go be sure to watch that episode discussion and. Not anytime soon, but I'll probably do a full uh, series uh, review of that as well. Let's get into it. So, Owl House, Season 2, Episode 15. Them's the Breaks, kids. Luce misses her mom, so she keeps herself busy by trying out glyph combos from Philip's diary, hoping one will create a portal back home. She instead creates a water-air petrification and, and arm glyph very similar to Bella's magic. Ida is concerned for her and distracts her with a story of how she met Rain. Who says the same reaction I have to this, uh, which is excitement. Um, we go back to when Ida and Lilith were teens and they're talking about how it's them versus the world. But we all know what happened. Uh, they both show up late for school. Uh, we see a young possible Basha's mother, Amity's parents, and Darius. Uh, Ida managed to sneak Lilith in before she got caught by Principal Faust, the principal for Bump. Bump is the vice principal. Faust plans on expelling Ida. Ida manages to convince him to give her a chance. Faust has had Hex has most gifted students expelled for chewing too loud, so he sends Ida to represent the school and promises to let her stay if she comes back with a blue ribbon. He also sends Bump with her and threatens to fire him if she fails. Ida and Bump get to the convention center to find the event isn't very exciting until the host Terra Snapdragon changed the event to help enhance Coven know-how. 
where the exercises will be based on intelligence, strength, and creativity. Ida's really into this and sits alone after pulling a prank of being a skeleton when she goes through the blob person, which was really dark. Uh, this is where young Rain comes in, which is really exciting. As the two become friends, Rain already has won ribbons the past two years. Throughout the event, Ida and Rain work together to pass all the exercises. Rain goes to St. Everdeen, which isn't cheap, and is at the event because the school will give them a scholarship if they make the school look good. Ida opens up to Rain on being expelled and wanting to stay in the school with her sister. As the event comes to an end, Tara, of course, just decides not to give anyone any ribbons because she found the event disappointment. She comes up with a new challenge, trapping all witches in, in a maze and having them divided into teams to hunt each other down. Coven versus Wild Magic. Ida and Rain are now on opposing sides. The two are the last to survive after some cool magic action scenes. To work together, create a fireball at Terra as she praises them for their performance. Even though she respects them, she doesn't give them ribbons for their disrespect. But will have a word with Faust about keeping her enrolled in Hexide and Bump keeping his job. Ida returns to school for lunch with Lilith, who is busy studying. Lilith is too busy and leaves the cafeteria. Rain shows up as a Hexide student. Exciting. And as the story is complete, Luz, King, and Hootie are fast asleep. Ida looks to the sky and to think about Rain. Cut to Rain at the Emperor's castle. Terra continues to give Rain her special tea that represses their memory. They have been using their magic to keep their memories intact and acting as a double agent, which is such a phenomenal reveal. Uh, and Rain learns about Bellas' plan to cast a draining spell, and apparently the only way to stop it is Ida. Rain refuses to put Ida in any more danger. They are determined to find another way to stop Bellows. Next, out, uh, episode 16. Luce wakes up in a mysterious gallery of portraits of Bellows. Hunter is with her too, and they are inside the Emperor's mind. Like when Luce and Amity entered Willow's mind back in season 1. The first painting is Bellows guiding some witches out of a fire. The next is Bellows casting those spells in front of the townsfolk that will be his followers. Another is Bellows crowning Hunter the Golden Guard. Luz looks at the one that is the uh, is the end of season one with Ida being turned into stone and Luz King Lilith in the battle. This is labeled Triumph over Wild Magic, which we all know is just a lie. Gosh darn lie. It turns out this uh, was all the, a lie. The true chamber is further below. Hunter blames Luz for this, which is where we get a flashback. Hunter was searching the night market for a group of witches, plotting to invade Bellus's mind. While Luz, Ida, and King are looking to buy some witch wool, wool to fix Luz's cape. Unfortunately, no one is willing to help our, or sell anything because of Bellus's propaganda against wild magic. Luz hates that everyone is blindly loyal to Bellus and wants to prove that everything he's been telling is a lie. When she so, spots Hunter in the market, she goes after him for answers. She captures him while trying to arrest the witches, trying to invade Bellus's mind. The three hooded figures escape, and uh, Hunter ends up setting off the spell that takes them into Emperor's mind. The three hooded witches are clearly Rain, Darius, and Emberwolf. Emberwolf. The two discover a masked child and a figure shaped like Bellows. Hunter mistakes it for Bellows, but it's actually all the Palsman sound. Uh, all the Palsmans merge together as this terrifying creature. 
looks like uh, definitely like uh, MV's final form from uh, Full Metal Alchemist gets those kind of vibes. Luz knows the child is Bellus and immediately connects with the character with a tragic backstory trope, which Bellus used to trick her later. He uses it to trick Hunter for he doesn't want to be this weeping child, so uh, he wants to protect him. So the kids guide them through the paintings. Luz uses a fire lift to get away from the beast, entering the inner mind. During this time, Ida and King try to find a way to get Luz and Hunter back. Hoodie locks down the whole house. Rain trying to find a way they could help without letting Ida know it was them. He, uh, they, right on the ground, we need to get past the owl, the, the worm, him. <laughs> it was really funny. Luce and Hunter run away from the creature through some of the paintings. They learn some dark truths about Bellows. Hunter is in denial, hoping his uncle is a good person. The first one is Bellows giving a speech to local witches about the dangers of wild magic and how the coven system will help with that. The first gold guard stages a wild witch attack, which is actually just explosives. Bellows scolded him for getting a little too close for comfort. He then tells him to light up the rest of the explosives. Setting the town on fire, Bellus pins the destruction of the town on wild magic, which convinced the town folks to join the coven system. When Bellus gives them their sigils, the witches have a near-death reaction to these, collapsing on the ground. Bellus says they ha- still have work to do, as then Bellus and the Golden Guard leave them on the mountain to die. The next memory happens after the Eclipse Lake episode, as Bellus approaches the polar, uh, portal door, which has been rebuilt already from Luz destroying it. Hunter confessed he helped rebuild it, seeing the presence of the Collector, who speaks in riddles and has a childlike attitude, which is a great balance of Bellus' cool, calm, collected attitude. The Collector can only move through walls as a shadow, which which has me thinking this is not the Collector's true form. Uh, The Collector asks... Wait, Bellus asks the Collector if the draining spell... The Collector asks Bellus if the draining spell is ready as they... Uh, can't wait for the day of unity. Bellus tells them that they, their day of fun will soon come. A projection of Hunter from the past rushes in. Hunter has the key he just taken from Amity back at Eclipse Lake. And apologizes for disobeying Bellus' orders. Before explaining himself, Bellus grabs the key immediately and orders him to leave. As Hunter leaves, the collector reappears and mentions they thought Bellus was going to kill Hunter on the spot. But Bellus replies he does what he's told, unlike the previous attempts. The Collector accuses Bellus of getting enjoyment out of destroying the Grimwalkers. Bellus replies he's heartbroken every time Hunter betrays him. Luce and Hunter leave the memory. Hunter discovers a hallway filled with broken Golden Guard masks, confirming the many per- uh, predecessors that Bellus has killed. Kid Bellus set a trap for the Palestinian creature. This reveals the Emperor himself. He kills the souls of the Palestinian, retains the power they have to him. He tricked Luce and Hunter to reach his ultimate potential. Hunter confronts Bellos about what he did in his previous predecessors, realizing he's been lying to him all this time. Bellos is ashamed he's turning against him and remarks, It's a shame all the, out of all the Grimwalkers, you look the most like him, which Hunter is confused by, attempting to destroy Hunter within the mindscape. Bellos then confirms he's a witch hunter, that he's Philip, that Hunter is a better version of an old friend, and how he will make... Uh, and how he'll have to make a new Grimwalker. Bellus attempts to kill Luce, but thanks to the glyphs in Luce's jacket, Hunter manages to escape and save Luce from an attack. Rain delivers the ingredients to the teleportation spell through a, a, 
uh, a bouquet of flowers, which Ida uses to rescue Luz and Hunter, bringing them back to the owl house. Ida, uh, Ida and Luz try to calm down Hunter, but he's too much in shock. He throws away his golden guard cloak and runs away. Luz tried stopping him, but he was way too quick to get away. When Ida asks what happened, Luz has a terrified look on her face, ending the episode. The next episode, uh, episode 17, yeah, episode 17, Edge of the World. King has a heartbreaker of a dream sequence where he's having dinner with Luce, Ida, Hootie, and what he imagines his father and siblings to look like. Ida woke up King up, Ida woke King up because Luce is ready to talk about what happened last episode. Luce feels she was used as a pawn this whole time, everyone confirmed. Uh, comforts her as Ida mentions it's only a matter of time before coven scouts come to her Luz swears she will not let Belos use the draining spell during the day of unity Lilith arrives from Albert's message Hootie gets so excited by her entrance that he coughs up King's uh, letter from knock knock on Hootie's door this gives King the directions to a place where he can find where he can learn about his heritage Ida isn't sure about letting King and Luz go. Lilith has Hootie go with them on this journey, for this is the best option of being away from Belos right now. Right after King, Luz, and Hootie leave on their journey, Ida breaks down in front of Lilith about King and Luz. Shouldn't have to go through this pain. Lilith is there for her, which I just really love this moment because not only are we seeing Ida be vulnerable, but the sisters have never been this close in the show, and it Shows Lilith's growth as a character for doing the best she can do to confront, uh, comfort her sister. The day of unity is only a week away, Ida mentions. Loose King and Hootie are back on Salty's ship, but Salty has lost his whole crew since he refuses to work for the Golden Guard. The gang is dropped off on the outside of the Boiling Isles on a different Titan's palm. Loose inserts the whole, uh, the rock from King's letter into the lift which opens up the portal they need to go through. The gang find themselves in an unfamiliar place filled with titan bones. The man that originally gave Hootie the letter greets them. His name is uh, Tarek. Uh, he is not King's father but takes them to the tribe of the titan trappers. Tarek uh, compliments him on his skull saying, I see you got your father's skull. Tarek explains the Titan Trappers are a group under oath to protect the world of giant monsters of death and destruction. Luz questions if the Titans are all extinct, but Tarek says that all but one are gone, according to the Grand Huntsman. So they have been preparing themselves to hunt until the last Titan appears. King says he can join them and become a Titan Trapper himself. Luz mentions that they don't know about any Titans the world outside could use their help. Tarek sends them to the elder, Bill. King is excited to know the ways of hunting, so Luce has her and Hootie go to meet Bill so King can get to know his people. On the way to meet Bill, Luce looks at some of the weapons. One of them was a reference to the Spear of uh, Longitis uh, from Neon Genesis Evangelion. Upon meeting, Bill is reading a book called The Last Titan, a study of Boiling Isles, written by Flora Desplora. Wolf's previous mentor. Bill is voiced by uh, Chris Hoden, uh, who voiced Cricket from Big City Greens. Really cool seeing him. Uh, Luce pleaded her case to Bill, asking for their help against Bellos. Bill thinks nothing of Bellos until Luce tells him about the evil things he's been doing. He then decided to help her, but still believes he's not as big as a threat as the Titans. 
Boost is confused by this. Bill explains Titans have a huge appetite, having a terrible sounding cry. Even their offsprings act like kings. He met a Titan once before it disappeared and the roar blew through his eardrums. He imitates the roar, which sounds a lot like King's roar. Boost realizes all these characteristics are like King. Bill reveals he wants them to find the last Titan to free him from the pr this prison. Hootie interrupts asking Luce to come see the hidden room, which is filled with Titan skulls and a shrine to the Collector. Bill explains that the shrine has been his project for years. He also revealed a humanoid hand under his glove, meaning that this appearance is actually a Titan disguise. Bill described that what he's going to do to the Titan in graphic detail. Luce then makes an excuse to leave, rushing off to find King. Bill is suspicious, but, but then hears King's cry outside, immediately recognizes that what King is. Meanwhile, Tarek is showing the uh, king their armory as he explores the weapons. King asks what the symbol of his collar means, but Tarek doesn't know, but explains that his tri this, this tribe never leaves one of their own behind, which is king is moved by this and asks if he would play catch, which is really uh, a heartwarming scene as king is getting the equipment. This then becomes a sad scene. Tarek gets a call from Bill telling him King is a Titan. When King comes back, Tarek informs him that the game will have to wait, lying that it's time for to celebrate his induction in the Titan Trappers. King is taken to the ceremony with Bill and the other Titan Trappers. Tarek tells King that his presence is very special to them because of him. The clan will now be able to release the Huntsman from his prison and be granted power and glory referring to the collector he then ignites a torch giving it to king who then sits the tablet ablaze which looks like the same moon tablet philip had to release the collector after igniting it king hears the collector's laughing Tarek describes the connection has been made impatient bill throws cloth over king assuring him the process is almost done as his pup uh pulls out a dagger he finds himself unwilling to strike suddenly being lifted up and thrown aside before anybody realizes what's going on, Luce uses a light lift to create a flash. When faded, King is gone. Luce and Hootie reveal themselves to King. King is furious, saying the clan members wouldn't hurt him. Luce asks if this is about his dad, which he admits to, but also knows that Luce will eventually go to the human realm, so he's just trying to prepare a life without him in it. Preparing to live a world without her in it. My apologies. Luce tells him he can't stay with the Titan Trappers because he is a Titan. The Titan Trappers fight them, unmasking themselves as just witches with moon and stars on their forehead to represent the allegiance to the Collector. Bill proclaims that the, uh, after sacrificing King, the Grand's Huntsman will return and he will be granted glory. Tarek is confused, asking, don't you mean glory for everyone? Before Bill harms King, Hootie sends Bill flying. Luce inserts the stone in the platform to teleport them back to prevent the Titan Trappers from coming home. King lets out a sonic scream, causing the entire Titan uh, finger to collapse. King is devastated that his newfound family turned out to be a lie. In tears, he uh, wants Luce to take him home to head back to Salty's ship. King sits up top of the crow's nest. He looks down at the symbol on his collar. And then the Titan corpse looked up. Uh, he then looks at the Titan co uh, corpse. Luce calls out to him, asking if he wants breakfast. He says hi to the Titan corpse he believes might be his father before sadly 
going down to Loose, Hootie, and Salty. Back at the Owl House, an army of Coven Scouts surrounded the house. The guard captain calls Kikimura as the she orders the scouts to arrest anyone inside. Next episode, episode 18, Labyrinth Runners. For that, I really need beverage. Hold on one sec. Throat was a little dry there. After Gus skips forward two grades, he puts together a project all by himself while his partner was faking being a friend to him, so he did all the work for him. Gus finds out about this and runs to an empty classroom where he projects a large-scale illusion in where the two kids make fun of him. Interrupted by a talking abomination where Gus meets the person controlling it is Willow. Uh, she knows a breathing exercise her father showed her and Gus calms down. The two become friends. In present day, students are able to join multiple tracks thanks to Luce breaking the barriers back in season one. Emro's second track is healing. Edric is taking three tracks now. The two new ones are potions and beastkeeping. Mythali Mule's second track is illusions. It's nice to see the growth of the, uh, this char character from uh, way back uh, in the first half of season two with uh, learning to respect illusions. I like that. At lunch, Amity, Gus, and Willow know the Owl House was surrounded by Coven Scouts. Amity's last message from Luce about what she learned about the Day of Unity and don't scare him away, which I'm thinking she's referring to Hunter. Uh, oh, and Amity got a few heart emojis, which is cute. Gus sees Flapjack and follows him to the auditorium where he finds Hunter. Hunter isn't looking too great. Gus gives him a sandwich before all the students are called by Principal Bump. We're introduced to the head of Illusion Coven, Adrian Gray, who acts like a big shot Hollywood director. Uh, he, he was he's a he was a charming character. I liked him. Good villain. He tells the students that Bellas uh, decreed all students must be placed in the coven by the day of the unity. Adrian says he will give them fake temporary coven sigils as per a protection. He brings up uh, Eldrick to demonstrate, but Gus realizes that he is trying to brand him for real and breaks the illusion. Adrian reveals dozens of scouts after critiquing their stage work and acting. Adrian tell, or tries to brand Gus with an abomination sigil. Overwhelmed with panic, Gus creates a large-scale illusion around the entire school, protecting various locations from his memories like the Looking Glass Ruins, the Owl House, etc. The students flee as Hunter saves Gus. Willow tries to fight some scouts off, but Amity keeps getting in her way. This happens again, which really upsets Willow. Amity undermines her abilities, and Willow has to make it clear to be seen for who she really is. Amity means well, but still comes off as superior to Willow, which is something she realized she needs to work on and i really liked that this re relationship couldn't like uh fully be uh forgiven like quite yet there's still things they need to work out i really enjoyed they took time to develop like these relationship with the the characters meanwhile gus asks hunter to run into the coven scouts to inform hunter that bellows is looking for him which frightens him the boys beat them and hide in the classroom hunter's 
starts hyperventilating now that the Coven Scouts know his whereabouts. Gus shows him the breathing exercise Willow taught him when he was younger. Hunter starts to calm down. Meanwhile, Gus and Hunter run to a Coven Scout disguised as Willow. Hunter calls her bluff due to his connection with her. He knows he's not just some scared little girl. Hunter freezes after seeing Illusion of Bellows. He is then put to sleep. When he wakes up, he finds himself in the healing homeroom. He tries convincing the students and teachers Gus has been captured by Adrian. They don't believe him, knowing he's the Golden Guard. Willow believes him after hearing Hunter mention a breathing technique Gus taught him. Bumpin' the Hexide students fight the Coven Scouts, which allows Amity to fight alongside her. Willow, uh, Willow allows Amity to fight alongside her now that she understands she is powerful. And this scene has some really uh, cool moments for these characters with their magic. The Looking Glass ruins uh, the illusion. Uh, Adrian attempts to use Gus's memories as a means to obtain uh, gold or stones. Gus goes all out with the illusion tap. Trapping Adrian and the other guards in their worst nightmares. Amity and Willow fight an improved abomination as Hunter enters the gym, sees Gus using his powers to show his enemies their worst nightmares. Breaking through the illusion, Hunter then calms him down. The illusion spell finally uh, dispels. Willow reunited with Gus, giving him and Hunter a hug. The Emperor's Coven leaves with Adrian being carried away as he is traumatized by the spell traumatized by the spell to move the coven scout that kept getting critiqued by adrian is fed up and leaves the emperor's coven all the students bombard hunter with questions about the day of unity as hunter says there's a lot to explain bump urges him to get started final episode episode 19 O titan where art thou king dreams himself in the between realm and here's the collector who is uh trapped in some kind of object they seem Lonely being the only one in the realm, they panic when King is waking up. Luce wakes him up as they are about to dock. Um, this uh, obviously is connection with uh, it's it's definitely curious as like the collector had that connection with King from um, the previous Titan Trappers episode. Uh, edge runners or no not edge runner uh edge of the world uh anywho uh the full theme song is back it was really uh great to see that back Amy texts is loose that her mom grounded her while wait uh yeah, Amy texts Luce that her mom grounded her uh, when Luce, King, and Hootie return to the Boiling Owls. They discover they are now wanted by the Emperor's Coven, and the Owl House has been seized with everything inside, confiscated by the Emperor's Coven. They do learn that Ida and Lilith escaped and left them a map where they are hiding the knee. There they find Lilith and Ida in a cave, telling them about the Titan Trappers and King being a Titan. During the trio's absence, Lilith and Ida have been trying to come up with a plan to stop Bellos but have no success, especially since they have no magic or allies. Ida continues to worry about Luce and King's safety and feels she needs to send them somewhere safe. She also decided to lie about Luce ha- about having a plan. Ida asks what Luce and Ida would like to do with the time they have left. And Luce wishes to steal back King's favorite toy, Francois. 
King, on the other hand, wishes to be left alone with his thoughts, still processing that he is the last of his kind. Luce and Edith fly to Bonesboro on the way. There's this meta joke about, you sure you don't want to take a beach day? Uh, when Luce responds, but maybe if we had 20 more episodes, but we don't. Which, uh, I wish they were going to have 20 more episodes instead of three next season. Disney! The whole town is busy preparing for the Day of Unity. Ida and Luce used this to sneak into the warehouse, holding everything as Coven Scouts. The two split up. Ida overhears a Coven Scout speaking to Rain by Crystal Ball. Meanwhile, King has wandered away, not being able to handle Lilith treating him like a king. He bumps into Steve, who is no longer a Coven Scout. And good for you, Steve. Now spending his days riding the aisles on his bike. King accepts his offer for a ride, so Steve drives them around the aisles. The two enjoy sightseeing and helping others along the way as they wind down eating some food. King recalls how he wanted power and to be feared by all. But now he doesn't want to be seen as a monster, which Steve can just relate to. I love Steve. Back at the warehouse, Ida manages to contact Rain and begs them to take Luce and King to safe place. Uh, Ida knows Rain still has feelings for them, or cares for them. Luce overhears this and becomes upset, thinking Ida is abandoning her, thinking she is weak. Uh, Luz tries heading back, but Ida transformed into harpy form to stand in her way. She tried reasoning with Luz, but Luz refused. This ensues in a witch fight between Luz and Ida, both holding back their power. The Coven Guards do eventually capture them. And back to King and Steve. Steve takes off his mask, which was an awesome reveal. I uh, loved, loved seeing Steve's actual face. Lilith and Hootie find him as King calls out Lilith for having authority issues. Steve chimes in saying, I know a therapist, which, uh, good on you, Steve, for again, uh, being the first person to show getting a therapist. Luce and Ida are waiting their fates in prison, uh, which leads to a tear-jerking moment of Ida admitting she doesn't have a plan to stop Bellas and nothing to do with Luce being weak. Luce and Ida are taken away in different carriages, but arrive at the same destination as Luce busts out of hers, seeing that, uh, she and Ida have been rescued by Rain, the Bats, Darius, Emberwolf, Lilith, Hootie, King, and Steve. Luce finally gets to meet Rain, who confirms Darius was also suspicious about the Day of Unity, and when he heard Rain causing trouble, he had a feeling they were up to something. Darius and Emberwolf saved the Bats and Rain. We go to the Coven's Against the Throne hideout, or Cats as they call it. Darius is not a fan. Ida presents Luce with a palisman uh, wood and helps her start carving her own palisman. Ending this episode. All super... Yeah, I really liked all this, uh, all these episodes. Uh, they were all the episodes being story-driven. Um, not only that, character-driven... And we get a lot of answers. We get answers to the collector of what they are all about. Uh, being mischievous, not really sure what their angle is. Uh, I like the connection with King. I'm curious how that's going to go. Uh, we get the reveal that Philip is Bellos, uh, which 
on the internet we we already did kind of know about, but it was still a cool reveal. Uh, I thought that Hunter's a Grimwalker, which I wasn't expecting. Uh, what the all the plans for the Day of Unity are. Um, we get this like just this heartbreaking scene of like uh, Ida being vulnerable, which is something we haven't seen before i really enjoyed that and lilith growing as a character as well comforting her sister uh i thought those were some great moments and uh, seeing the how rain and uh ida met uh i really enjoyed that uh and rain just being like oh no i i did actually trick you tara forget you and like that uh they building up or them building up um this entire like resistance with uh Darius and Emberwolf. Love that. And you know, we're building up to these last two episodes. Uh this is very exciting and we're we're we got to see more of like Terra uh Snapdragon and this like new uh villain um Adrian. Uh, which I, I enjoy both of them. I think they're both pretty solid villains that we're probably going to see this these last two episodes. And I love that we t- we took an episode to develop Hunter, um, and him having his redemption arc. Uh, Amity and Willow building up their relationship, and also Gus having his own uh, char- character arc as well. Um, was really great to see. And that was all in one episode. I really loved all that. And all the student, uh, Hexide students getting their own moment together in this episode. In that episode, which was all cool. And it, it was so heartbreaking, the reveal of King finding out he, he is a Titan and that he's the only one left. That was, that was very sad. He's got like a lot to think about. Because you know these tight, we're gonna see these Titan Trappers again. Like Bellus is gonna is gonna grab more. The Collector is, you know, so they're gonna come back. And I don't know how King's gonna deal with that. And it's just really sad that that King is the last Titan. Like that's the big reveal. Um, shout out to the Roundtable for. Uh, thinking about i keep shouting them out but they 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 uh one of the original people i've saw that um predicted king to be a titan so well done um because i wasn't sure if he was going to be a titan to be honest with you um yeah really enjoyed all these episodes there wasn't a bad episode in my opinion these are actually some of the, the strongest uh, of this second half, and uh, man, this day of unity is gonna be crazy uh, because I mean, Bellus kind of has everything he needs, just about. Uh, he really just needs to stop loose and uh, Ida and them, which uh, we're gonna get this big climactic fight definitely with two different forces of. Uh, the Hexide School and uh, the Bat or the Cats <laughs> against Bellos and 
we're gonna get uh, we're probably gonna get to see the other uh coven uh members the head coven members so i think these last two episodes are gonna be very epic uh and i'm really looking forward to them and uh getting to see like how much uh what's like lilith gonna do because she doesn't still have, really have her magic. What's like Ida gonna do? Because she doesn't really have her magic. She just has like a Harvey form. What are the Blights gonna do? I'm curious what they're how they're gonna be in, what side they're gonna be involved with. Yeah, it's a lot to think about. I don't know. But uh, that's uh, I think that's everything. So we gonna end this episode discussion. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you all Saturday talking about the Owl, uh, the second to last episode of the Owl House season two. Keep on hooting.